Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb, and this is where you'll get the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character and our culture that is saturated with media and technology. You know, we call it Brave Parenting because it takes a lot of courage and hard work to not only keep on top of technology, but then decide how to incorporate that into your family's life. Our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. So today, as of this recording, it is March 20th. We are a week into the coronavirus quarantine, you could say, and around the globe, moms, dads, children, we're all home, and it's very different. A lot of people are sort of fearful. A lot of people are panicked. Some people are just, they don't know what to do with their kids home. So today we kind of want to address that topic. We're all in a very different state, but there are moms and dads who have been working from home, who have been home educating their children for a long time, who can provide us wisdom. And today on the show, we have a close friend of Brave Parenting, Chelsea Hiesel, who will be providing us some wisdom. Welcome, Chelsea. Hi, thanks for having me on the show, Kelly. Of course. So Chelsea is um, the wife of Zach Hiesel, who is serving us in the Air Force, which we thank him so much for. She is also the mother of three children who are 11, 10, and 9. She's been working on going to school while homeschooling her children and will be graduating with her degree in May in biblical counseling. So Chelsea, you have been homeschooling your kids since the beginning. You have been also working on your college degree. So we know that that takes a lot of discipline. And your kids, I know, I know your kids. Your kids are awesome. You have it down. So we would like to hear from you and your wisdom. So now that we're home, we're trying to help our kids navigate this new online education. Maybe that's being provided by the public school system. Or maybe we're just trying to figure it out on our own because we still have littles in elementary school. Tell us what you think is some of the most important aspects of balancing work life and home life and homeschool life. Like, for example, how important is routine? That's a great question. I definitely empathize with all the parents out there because homeschooling was not something my husband and I intended to do. We were kind of thrown into it unexpectedly. So I know that it can kind of be like a, well, what do we do now? Because this decision really didn't feel like our own. And routine came out of trial and error. We didn't know our kids as well as we thought we did. And so we assumed what was best for them. And then, of course, their wonderful defiance and rebellion showed us that we didn't know what was best for them. (laughs) And we had to kind of learn through trial and error. There were many different curriculum choices or varieties that we went through because some of them just didn't fit the needs or the personality of our child. And there were many times where I thought, this was the way the day was supposed to look, you know, and we would sit down and do our schoolwork for 20 minutes and then change subjects and, you know, and it was going to look perfect and we were going to be done by two o'clock and that's just not the way it goes. And so routine is important. It's kind of like the bones of the homeschooling day, but it's not the flesh and the blood and all of that. It's it's just a, a nice structure that we kind of build upon, but we have to be ready to change it up if need be. And um, I think routine is good, but adaptability is even better Mm. for a homeschooling family. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
what I'm hearing you saying is for all the moms and dads who are now trying to adjust to this, we really need to um, give ourselves grace, give our kids grace, because Mm -hmm. what we think is, okay, we need this rock solid routine. We're going to start at eight o'clock and you're going to be done by noon and then everything's going to be great. I'm going to get all of my work done. We just can't expect that. Expectations are your worst enemy in this case because we kind of build up this picture perfect idea of what it's supposed to be. And we always look like the really awesome parents in our expectations and our picture perfect idea, right? Um, But expectations, when they fall and they're broken, we kind of realize that we are not picture perfect parents and our kids are not picture perfect kids. And so then we have to reconcile what we actually are in character and personality against you know, what we thought we were. And that's always harder. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, I think a lot of us, especially those who normally work outside the home, are used mm-hmm. to such a structured day, you know, where we yeah. get up, we drop our kids off at school, we go to work, we do the same things at work, and we pick them up. And it's just, there's so much structure that now without that, we really, yeah, have to adjust our expectations. I think that that's very, very wise advice. Now, what do you think about? Maybe there's not routine, but what do you think about routine in the sense of kids' hygiene, if you will, like getting up at a certain time? <laughs> um, you know, do we require them to get dressed? You know, I, we see a lot of things right now happening, uh, maybe on social media, all this different wisdom. And some says, you know, hey, just let them just be in their pajamas all day. It's stressful enough to deal with this change in, in life. And mm-hmm. some are like, no, have them get up and act normal. and. And, and be productive. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, even though we homeschool, I still have to tell my kids every single day to brush their teeth. You know, it's <laughs> that's like the <laughs> this lament among parents everywhere. It transcends right. homeschool and public school. When it comes to like sleeping in and PJs, you know, that's where I go back to. You really have to know your kids. I, I have plenty of homeschooling families that you know, expect or, or have the um, the standard set where the child will, you know, have all of their morning chores and their, um, you know, hygiene, teeth brushing, showers, what have you, and they'll be dressed before the start of the homeschool day. And for them, that makes them a productive and effective family. For us, it's different. It looks a little bit different. I let my kids sleep in a little bit. I know through a lot of research that sleep is a great necessity in childhood, and a lot of kids feel sleep deprived because of the structure and schedule of the public school system because they have to get up so early and if they go to bed late because they haven't spent time with their parents at night and those types of things. So we let our kids sleep and then we just kind of get our day started together as a family in the morning with breakfast and then the morning chores. And it might be a slow start for some families, but it's what works for us. And again, it goes back to trial and error. Try it out. See if it works to have your kids, you know, dressed and all of those hygiene things done in the morning. And if it doesn't work out, there's a lot of headbutting. Maybe try it again. Give yourself some grace. Ad- adapt and adjust. And then and then just find out what works. Some kids thrive better to play all morning and then do their schoolwork in the afternoon. I mean, the thing is, is you're a homeschool family now. School can be done after dinner or mm, at yes. 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it's, you have a whole day to use however you'd like. And so it doesn't have to look a specific way. Kind of breaking the norms feels uncomfortable, but sometimes it's really, really, really helpful and enlivens the culture or the quality of the home. Right. So when I heard you say, you know, obviously we have to know our kids, but with older Mm -hmm. kids, for example, if you have older elementary, middle school, even high school at this point, I think 
and let me see your thoughts on this, that it probably is wise to ask them what they think to get their input as to what they feel may be the most ideal schedule. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would let them have say so and kind of in what they do. You know, I have a child that's approaching middle school. And uh, one of the suggestions that was given to me was allow her to pick four um, extracurriculars that she'd like to do, just like you would pick, you know, on your school, like when you sign up Mm -hmm. for for middle school, if you'd like to do choir or something, you know, give her say so, give her um, accountability or buy-in into their day or into their curriculum choices, because it makes them feel involved. It makes them feel a part of something. And buy-in is really big for our companies use it. Buy-in is a big aspect of holding someone not accountable, but giving them a a motivation or a reason to see something through. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with this, because it feels so abnormal for our kids to all of a sudden Mm -hmm. be at home so much, but yet still having to complete this work. We really do need their buy-in. And if they're not self-motivated, whereas they're waking up in the morning, like I have one who is waking up in the morning and immediately getting started because they can't wait to get it done so they have the rest of their day. But then I have others who are, you know, I'm dragging, kicking and screaming to the computer to check to see what Mm -hmm. kind of work they have. So you definitely need their buy-in. That way, they can actually get it done. (laughs) Otherwise, again, those expectations, (laughs) you're just going to completely butt heads. Absolutely. So now let's talk about balancing. So that's a little bit of maybe getting our kids and and getting into their schoolwork a little bit. But now what about us? So many people as moms and dads are now working from home and maybe they've never done that before or maybe they did it occasionally, but the kids weren't home because they were at school. And so it was really effective and productive. You've been Mm -hmm. balancing this um, for years as you've gone to school full time, while homeschooling, while managing your family. What do you feel are some of the best tips or ways that you can carve out time for yourself in order to mm-hmm. read, to get into that deep work, to write? I know you've been writing essays for years. <laughs> um, it feels more like decades. It's been a long time. But <laughs> yeah, um, balance again has been trial and error. And I find that the word that helps me best to balance is stewardship. Um, God has given me a gift to homeschool my family and to go back to school full time. And since it's a gift, it has to be stewarded well. And so the choices that I make, I'm accountable to him for the things that I do and the things that I prioritize and the way I manage my time. Um, So if parents think about it in that aspect, that there's a very close relationship between their new homeschool life, work life, and their spiritual life, it really helps us put into perspective what will bring God the most glory in our choices. Time management and priorities definitely fall into the, or, you know, under the category or the umbrella of balance and stewardship. Um, again, it's trial and error. There have been many, many times where the priority to be kind of uh, just kind of lazy or not focused and just wanting a break. I think when we kind of become, you know, victims of oh, it's so hard, and oh, I don't know what I'm doing, and you know, we kind of um, throw our hands up in the air and give up, and normally those are the weeks of my life that are the worst, (laughs) because I'm not stewarding my gifts well, and I think it's really important for parents, especially in this time frame, under so much pressure, 
to be nourished and fed in the word in the morning um, and, and focus and prioritize that this is a gift to be home with your kids, to um, spend extra time with them, to get to know that, to get to know them in a way that you probably wouldn't have gotten to know them, um, you know, explore their personalities more. And again, balance is all about time management or stewardship. My, my schoolwork is done at night after the kids go to bed which gives me a very, very limited time, about two and a half hours before I need to go to bed. And I try to get all of my assignments done during the week so that I still have the weekend to spend time with them. Because if I had to choose between the two, I would choose my family over my schoolwork. And so if that's the priority first, to spend time with my family, then I need to steward that well. And then schoolwork needs to come second. Now, it doesn't always work that way because like week eight for me in exams can be really, really intense. Uh, last class, you know, I was writing the 26-page paper in week eight. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it kind of it ate into my family time. But, again, I explained to my family, like, listen, guys, I'm, like, swamped with 26 pages of work. And they're like, it's okay, Mom. You know, they're all, they give me so much grace that I need to give them grace in return. I think, um, yeah. So one thing I think that that's a key point is communication is that yeah. we need to communicate um, not only our responsibilities to our children, ask for grace, ask for, you know, not necessarily the permission, but just, um, you know, their um, willingness to say, okay, this is, you know, mom needs two hours, you know, I have these projects or this that I need to accomplish for my job. And then, you know, and sort of give them that promise of then we're together. But then we really have to uphold that promise. Like you're doing a very good job of, of balancing it and prioritizing them. And you know, a lot of times we do have to prioritize our work, but I think which, what I heard you say, and I think that's very, very wise, is to communicate that um, and to prioritize mm-hmm. this lot of time for work, but then make sure that we are fulfilling that commitment and stewarding that time well of spending our time with, with our kids. Yeah. You know, and it's funny when I explain to my kids like what's going on in my life, you know, to kind of help them kind of wrap their minds around, you know, why is mom stressed or why does she seem so overwhelmed? And I think a lot of kids know that their parents are stressed and overwhelmed, but it's communicating like the specifics. It actually really helps me kind of figure out what's going on in my heart. <laughs> They're kind of like my little mini counselors sometimes <laughs> because, you know, I have to filter and think about what I say in front of them and make sure it's appropriate and all those kinds of things. But it really gives me a perspective like, but these are my kids and they're more important than all the things that I'm overwhelmed about. And I, I think, you know, like I said, if we have to choose between work and family, you know, family always comes first. And so balancing that, you know, making sure that your family is prioritized over your work or over work, it, it, it's more important in the end. Absolutely. I think that's very wise. Now, so let's talk about there is, I believe, as a mom of so many children, that there is a fine line, though, between when we are spending quality time with our kids versus mm-hmm. they just want us to entertain them. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about maybe what, how you have found that focused quality time with them and how much time your kids, since they have all the time you know, at home when they're not doing mm-hmm. um, schoolwork to, to play, how important is mm-hmm. free play, whether entertaining themselves, and how much are you involved in that? I am really not involved in their free play at all. Um, if they can get out the doors, they can. Actually, when the weather gets nice, they will like try and get out of the house in the morning so they're not there for schoolwork. So again, you know, it's kind of like 
if that's what they need and they need to get out their energies before schoolwork, then fine. I'll sit and drink coffee in the front room and watch them play and, you know, they'll have a great time. They'll come back in eventually when they're hungry. I think for a lot of parents, because kids have been so structured in school and they've been given the structured time of play outside for recess, this is going to be different for them because they're not used to kind of like that unstructured time where it's free play. And you just got to be brave and, and let them be bored. It is going to drive your patience, you know, level maybe to zero when they constantly ask like, mom, can I do this? Mom, can you come do this with me? But you just got to, you know, gently and lovingly say, no, you have a brain, you have imagination, you have books and you can go play. Right. And, you know, eventually they make that choice, but it, it is just, it's the intention. What is your intention at the end of this? Well, to see them use their imagination and have fun on their own and be their own source of creativity. And if that's the intention, then it motivates you to hold, hold fast <laughs> to that outcome and to be resilient against their nagging. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and I've seen some of this on social media, I'm kind of enjoying actually um, watching <laughs> parents' different response to this um, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, I've actually gained a lot of um, humor <laughs> from this. You know, but some kids are really bringing out their creative side because they are so yeah. bored, because yeah. they cannot have play dates. That's a, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a really hard mm-hmm. thing. I know that my children are constantly like, well, can I go see if a friend can play? Can I go see if a friend can play? And they're in the neighborhood, right? And you want to mm-hmm. say yes, because it just feels Thank natural. You. But then you're like, oh, no, you know, social distancing. And that's yeah. really forcing them, a lot of kids, to get creative mm-hmm. in their own space with their siblings. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you deal with um, sibling fights when they're home oh. together in the same space? <laughs> Well, I mean, we have problems just like everyone else's family. Um, one of the things I said the other day was, you know, we're going to be staring at each other's faces for a few more weeks. And if this is how we're going to manage our uh, communication, you know, in the, in the arena of fights, then it's going to be really exhausting and we're not going to like each other at the end of this. So sibling fights, I always go back to some of the imperatives in the New Testament, like, you know, how can you speak your truth and love? How can you gently restore another person who sinned? How can you, you know, say things that only encourage? And then, of course, we always use the passage from James to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to anger. Right. We're all practicing that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but we, like, to manage sibling fights, we do go back to those because Zach and I both agree that we need to make these imperatives practical. They sound really great when we read them, like, oh, yeah, you know, but but somehow it seems like only Paul could be that person who could manage it. But they were written for us to manage as well. Right. So sibling fights are an opportunity to teach your kids, to encourage your kids, to correct your kids because they need correction. Um, it's, an, it's an awesome opportunity for discipleship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, but you have to be involved in it, you know, it, and if you're working during the day and you can't get to that problem, Maybe you can readdress it at the dinner table um, and have like an actual conversation about how it could have gone better or what they could have done instead. And then, you know, Zach and I, we have agreed that forgiveness is key in our home. So one of the things we say is, you know, will you forgive me for doing whatever I did? It's very specific. And will you forgive me? And it forces the other person to say, yes, I forgive you. And just kind of 
put a nice ending and mark on on the whole situation. Right. I know for me, one thing that I'm very conscious of my character that I'm demonstrating to my children. And so mm-hmm. when they're fighting, I can often lose my patience and just oh, want yeah. to like myself get angry and yeah. just join their fight. <laughs> And yeah. so I think right now is a great time for car- for parents to be very intentional and conscious about the character that they are displaying in front of their children mm-hmm. and ensuring mm-hmm. that they aren't losing patience to really take that deep breath before they approach to break up that sibling fight or dispute or whatever's happening. Right. Or really right. when the kids are, I mean, let's just be honest, annoying them to no end instead mm-hmm. of losing our patience. And going off on them, we have to realize that this is such a new environment for them. They've never yeah. been home and had so much access to mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. Maybe over summer, but chances are, if you've always worked outside the home, maybe not. And so yeah. our character yeah. during this time can really teach our kids a lot. Yeah, I I agree, especially for parents. You know, the, the verse in Galatians, the Galatians 6, 1, and he says, restore um, your brothers and sisters who have sinned gently and watch yourself lest you be tempted as well. And I think that so aptly applies to what you just said, Kelly, about, you know, watch yourself when your kids are sinning because your impatience and your, uh, yeah, impatience could cause you to sin in front of them. Yeah. And you want to display the best possible character that you can in front of your children, especially in this time, this trial, this pressure that so many families are experiencing. Absolutely. I think it's also important, you know, in regard to the fear and panic that mm-hmm. a lot of people are are doing. I would really encourage, and I know you are practicing this in the same way, is to really unplug, to not yeah. be so engaged in the news that you are living this sort of panicked, fearful um, existence right now. I mean, really the safest mm-hmm. thing that we can do, right, we know this, is to stay home. And mm-hmm. once we're doing that, you know, we're safe. There's not really a whole lot of fear that we need to, to live in and exist in. Yeah. Um, I know that a lot of people's lives are still being turned upside down um, because maybe they aren't getting paid um, because the, the, right. their business has been shut down. And, and there is a lot of different stresses. But I do believe right. that the, um, the calm, the peace, and the, the trust um, in the Lord that we can demonstrate during mm-hmm. this time is going to greatly impact our children forever mm-hmm. for all mm-hmm. of their life because they will forever remember this experience. There's never yeah. been anything else like it in their lives. Yeah. You know, it's like people a few years ago, well, not a few years ago, but a few decades ago, they were like, well, where were you? you know, during Pearl Harbor, and then where were you when the, you know, when the Twin Towers were attacked? And it's where were you when, you know, we had to go into isolation? Um, It will be one of those things that is talked about. I absolutely, one of the homework assignments I've been giving all of my counselees, because I've been having to teleconference with my counselees, is part of their homework is to unplug for two days. Because I know that it's affecting me if I'm overwhelmed and overstimulated by the news. And Fear is just such a great force of evil in this world, and it really makes us lose our perspective and our our biblical lens on the world. So we have to remember that fear is very much like the Wizard of Oz. It's a little man behind a very big megaphone, and he's loud, and he's obtrusive, and he 
you know, makes you think awful things. But our God is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little man behind a megaphone. It is not our God who created the world, who is sovereign over the world. And what a great opportunity to talk to our kids about God's sovereignty, you know, the fall in Genesis and his compassion and mercy towards us, despite all of that. I mean, what an awesome opportunity to create a whole entire curriculum out of what we're learning, you know, from our Lord and in these trying, trying times. Absolutely. I think also, you know, I've taken the opportunity to just demonstrate God's faithfulness and mm-hmm. our ability to get milk, you know, yeah. our, our ability yeah. to have toilet paper. I mean, those are just such simple yeah. things that we might have taken for granted. And now yeah. we have this ability to show them um, how mm-hmm. faithful our God is. Well, this has been awesome, Chelsea. So just to kind of recap, for us as moms and dads, home with our kids, one of the main things that we can do, number one, is trial and error. Don't have Mm -hmm. too strict of expectations for our children and for ourselves to really give grace to ourselves in um, evaluating what works for every child, because every child's going to be a little bit different, as well as let them be bored, let them entertain themselves. But also make sure that we are stewarding our time very well and using this extra gift of time that we've been giving with our kids to get to know them in a a more intimate way, in a better way, and to connect with them. Because really, I do believe Mm -hmm. that this time that we've been given is a huge gift. I am excited for parents. You know, I think they're going to learn a lot through this, but I'm really excited to see like maybe some relationships restored and parents and children coming closer together. I really hope that's, you know, the outcome for a lot of families. That's my prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Chelsea. If any of you have any questions for Chelsea specifically, or you want to share your wisdom with us, please email us at podcast at braveparenting.net. And for an in-depth look at how you can build strong character using the technology that children love, you can pick a copy of our book up at Amazon. It's called Managing Media, Creating Character. And hey, thank you for joining us, whether you are listening on iTunes, Google, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We ask you to to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any of them and to share with your friends so they too can be encouraged and equipped. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next time. Go and be brave.